to come and get your heart and understanding on how we can love ourselves. Father, I pray for an anointing, for understanding, for clarity, and for conviction for this church and even those who are listening throughout the world to know without a doubt it is your will for us to love ourselves. And I thank you for breakthrough, for change, for revelation, and for total understanding coming forth this morning. And I thank you that there's no barrier that can, that can uh, impact what's being said this morning. And I pray that by the Spirit of God, every person's ears and hearts and minds will be receptive to what's being said. And I pray that you will use me as an oracle of God to speak directly into the hearts of men directly from the heart of God. And as I decrease, I thank you for the anointing that's already here to teach your people your word. In Jesus' name, everybody say, Amen and Amen and Amen. Well, you know what? I want to just start out by just asking every one of us to give my wife an excellent hand for just doing a great job last, last week. Amen? It is fantastic to have someone that you are married to that is connected to your calling. Amen. She did a fantastic job. I listened to her lesson on last week. And uh, if you're visiting us, we're starting a new series entitled, I Love Me. Now just look at your neighbor real quick. Look at him and say, I love me. And I know that sounds selfish and self-centered and maybe, maybe unbiblical to some of you all, but loving yourself is not only biblical, but when you really understand that it is God's will for us to love ourselves, then you will do it in a biblical way. And believe it or not, believe it or not it's something that God wants us to do. And because we have lived in a world of sin... It has indirectly caused us to walk in self-condemnation, poor God-esteem, and then I'm going to call it poor self-esteem. And this has produced what I call love counterfeits. See, when you don't love yourself properly, then you come up with love counterfeits. Love counterfeits like working out. Now, I'm not saying working out is wrong, but some of us, we're working out. We're not working out for us. We're working out for other people. Shopping is, is one, makeup and makeovers and self-help programs, buying things to keep up with the Joneses who we don't even like, <laughs> trying to impress people who we don't even know. So this series is designed to help each one of us love ourselves God's way so that we can overcome anything that causes us not to love ourselves at the ultimate level. And the goal of this series is to identify what it means to love you Identify things that we can do that are counterfeit so we can stop doing those things. We can also, it'll help us see how to properly love ourselves. And then finally, it's going to see what the benefits are because there are some benefits in, in loving yourself. So I want you to turn to two verses of Scripture quickly. Turn to Mark chapter 12, verses 30. That's our foundational verse for our whole series. Mark chapter 12, verses 30. And then I'm going to have you to turn over to Genesis chapter 1, verses 27. That was Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. Again, Mark chapter 12, verse 30. 
And then Genesis chapter 1, verses 27. There was a story while you're finding those verses of Scripture of two uh, brothers. One was older, one was younger. And uh, the mom had found an apple. She cut the apple in half to give them to both of them. And one, one part of the apple actually ended up being larger than the other apple. And so the older son reached and grabbed the bigger apple first. And then the, you know how younger kids are. Mommy, I want the bigger apple. And so the mom tried to convince the older son to be a Christian and give his brother the bigger part of the apple. And so she said, son, you need to be like Jesus and give, you know, your brother the apple. And she said, because, you know, Jesus said to love thy neighbor as thyself. He said, well, I'm not going to give it to him because I do love myself. How many know that's not the kind of love we're talking about right there? I'm not talking about being in love with you. I'm talking about loving you. When you're in love with you, guess what? All that matters is you. Amen. And so in Mark chapter 12, I'm going to prove to you scripturally that Jesus wants us to love ourselves. It says, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God. With how much of your heart? All your heart. And with what? All the soul. And with what? All your mind. And with what? All your strength. Watch this now. This is the first. Come on class. It's the first commandment. Now, let me ask you a question. Is loving God a commandment? Okay, so we're clear on that. Then he says, and the second is like. The second what class? The second commandment is like the first one, namely this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as what? As thyself. There is none other commandments greater than these. Now, even though it sounds like there are two commandments, there are actually two commandments, but they're rolled up into three things being done. Notice he says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then he says you need to love thy neighbor as thyself. Now, here's what's powerful because the word as is the most important word in that verse because the word as means to love thy neighbor after yourself. That word as also means to love thy neighbor according as you have loved yourself. It also means even as you love yourself or whenever you love yourself. In other words, you cannot love your neighbor before you love you. Therefore, loving you must be a commandment too. I'm going to say that again because it was just a little wave that went through the room right there. God said it was a commandment for us to love him. We do that with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then he says, love your neighbor even as or, notice this now, I'm going to give you one more verse definition, after that you have loved yourself. So guess what? I can know how much I love me by how I treat thee. Now see, some of us are going right there, oh my goodness. Because see, some of us treat people really bad. But we don't realize it's because we don't like us. Look at your neighbor say, he ain't talking to me. Now look at them say, well he talking to you though. Love thy neighbor after 
according as, even as, or liken to you loving yourself. Now, in the law, in the in the in the Bible, the word love, in its totality, means so many different variations. In the English uh, language, it's limited to how the Bible expresses love. See, like in English, when we say, "Oh, I love my wife." And then turn around and say, well, I love my dog. Well, do you love your dog like you love your wife? You bet not. It's because the English language only has one or two words to express love. But not in the Bible. In the Bible, there are so many different variations of the word love in the Greek. Like one of them is the Greek word Philadelphia. means brotherly love. That's where we get the city of Philadelphia. It's the city of what? Brotherly love. Because the word Philadelphia in the Greek means brotherly love. And so the type of love, though, that I'm talking about for us to love ourselves is an unconditional God kind of love. It's the kind of love where we accept ourselves, we believe in ourselves. Listen, we uh, we outwardly express that we love us like God does. Amen. And because now we have all grown up in different ways, we have allowed our society to dic- to, to dictate how we love us. We watch the shows and, and that tells us how we ought to love people and love ourselves. You know, even the songs that we listen to, if you don't watch it, those songs will get inside and those songs don't necessarily mean that's God's way for you to love you. In fact, because see, we have taken now, let's, let's say how you love somebody. We've let songs dictate that. You know, I was growing up, Rick James, I remember Rick James. Rick James had a whole lot of songs. And some of Rick James' songs, I, I, didn't, I didn't, some of them I got and some of them I didn't get. You know, he used to have this song, Love him and leave him. Y'all remember that? If you love somebody, you ain't gonna leave them. Y'all remember the one he did on Mary Jane? I'm in love with Mary Jane. She's my main. I used to think he was talking... We got somebody backsliding right over here. <laughs> I used to think he was talking about a woman. How many used to think that? Yeah. How many don't know what he's talking about? You don't even need to know. He wasn't talking about a woman. I figured that out later on in my grown-up life. We can't let the world dictate to us what love is supposed to be. And love is not a feeling. Because if it was, when I feel like doing it, I will. And when I don't, I won't. So it can't be my feelings because it's a commandment for me to do all the time. So if it, was, if it was based on my feelings, God knows our feelings are going to go up and down. So loving cannot be my feelings because if it was, I would violate the commandment that he told me I ought to do. Somebody say amen to that. I remember when I was in the college, uh, there was a lady named Miss Norris. And uh, Miss Norris was an older uh, college student. And... Uh, Miss Norris used to walk to school and sometimes people would pick her up. And so I had a car back then and many students didn't have a car. And so I told Miss Norris, Miss Norris had to be probably in her, I don't know, uh, late 40s. And uh, you have to understand at that time I was, what, 21 or whatever. And so I told Miss Norris, I said, anytime you need to go to the grocery store, uh, 
I'll take you. Just call me and I'll take you. Because we all did Bible study together. So we were, you know, just had tried to help each other. And so I'll never forget, I was in the bed, in my dorm room, laying down, and the phone rings. Well, I didn't get the phone. My roommate got the phone, and he picked up the phone, and, he, and it was Miss Norris. And guess what Miss Norris wanted? She wanted to go get some groceries. So he says, uh, Miss Norris is on the phone. I said, well, what she want? <laughs> he said, uh, she wants to go grocery shopping. And I said, tell her I'll be there in a minute. So he hung, she, he said, uh, Evan will be there in a minute. He'll be about to pick you up. And so he hung up and I stayed in the bed. And a good five minutes rolled by and he just came to my bed. He said, did you just, wh- why are you still laying here? And I said, he said, because you told Miss Norris you take her to the grocery store. I, he said, I said, I am. He said, well, why are you laying there? I said, because I'm laying here until I am willing. Because when you look up the word, go to 1 Corinthians 13. Go to 1 Corinthians 13. Let me show you something. I'm just laying the background on what love is and what we're talking about. Because you can't do something you don't understand what it really means to do. Go to 1 Corinthians Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13. I'm going to start in verse 1. He says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not charity, which means love, I have become a sounding brass or a tingling symbol. Verse 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy, I understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but if I don't have love, I am what? Nothing. Now here's the part that worked with me with Miss, Miss, Miss Norris. Verse 3. And though I bestow my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to me burn, and though I get up and take her to the grocery store, if I don't do it with love, read it with me. It profits. Who did it not profit? Me. So it may profit the person that I did it for, but it didn't profit me because I did not do it with love. And when we don't love our neighbor as ourselves, it doesn't profit us either. Amen. Now, go quickly, go to, go to your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter 1, go to Genesis 1, Genesis 1. When you look up 1 Corinthians 13, if you keep reading that, it says love is patient, love is kind, love is uh, long-suffering. That's the type of love, that unconditional love, regardless of what happens to you, regardless of what you have done, that's the kind of love you need to have for yourself. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, let me show you what happened. Now, I have to give you, this is, you all know me, I'm very foundational. I'm not going to assume that anybody knows anything about what I'm saying, so I have to start from the bottom. Okay? In Genesis chapter 1, let me show you something uh, uh, in verse 27. It says, so God created man in his what? Own image, and in the image of God created he him. Male and female created what? He them. God created man at the beginning of the world in his image. So why wouldn't I love me if I'm like God? Now jump over to chapter 3 now. Jump chapter 3, look in verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle in the beast of the field, which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Has God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, But the one that's in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it. Now, let's jump down to verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, 
And it was pleasant to the eyes. And the tree desired to make one wise. She took the fruit. She did eat it. She gave it to her husband. He ate it. Watch this. And the eyes of both of them were open. And they knew they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves. What? Together. And made themselves. What? Listen to this. Adam and Eve stopped liking who they were physically when things changed from who they were spiritually. Okay, listen to what I'm saying. Adam and Eve, they were fine being naked. That's what the scripture says. God made them that way. They were fine. But it wasn't until they reached in and sin contaminated them after that what they saw on the outside was not good for them because of what happened on the inside. So I'm going to say it again. Adam and Eve stopped liking who they physically were when they changed from who they spiritually were. Because if they were fine after they had sinned, watch this now, they'd have never sold fig trees together. Which says, here's a take-home statement, write down THS, sin from within changed all men. Sin from within changed all men. In other words, when something inwardly changed, something outwardly changed. And this is why a lot of us don't physically like who we are because we don't understand who we are internally. We're falling in love with the wrong person. And here's the thing, when you really like you, the image of you that's like God, when you really like that part of you, you will like the outside part of you. Because when they were fine internally, they were fine externally. And so if you're having problems with who you are and how you look and how big your nose is, how may not be it is, how big this is, how short this is, how bald this is, how, what, you know, if you're having problems with all that, it's probably because you're looking in the wrong mirror. We should be looking in the mirror of God's word, which is his image of who we are. And so what happens, this is why we have to be born again. Because when you get born again, the image that they lost, that was like God, it got re-back instated in their lives. So we, watch this now, we will love the outer me when we love the inner me. You know what? You can save a whole lot of money from fixing yourself up if you just loved on the inside of you. I mean, some of us, we have makeup budgets that, I mean, you could, you could buy a McDonald's, girl. Now, ain't nothing wrong with makeup. Makeup is good. If the barn needs some paint on it, put some paint on there. I mean, if, it, if you want, if I don't mind, hey. And God don't mind either. You know, some people say, well, if, 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 I'm not going to say if it feels good, do it, because we know, you know, some things you just don't want to feel good and do. But I'm just saying, if that's going but, to, but that can't be you. Just like a car can't be you, a house can't be you. Those things are just things. The love many of us have for ourselves is performance-based. If I do good today, I like me. If I don't do good today, I don't like me. If I make this mistake, I don't like me. And see, many things have happened to a lot of people, and they haven't rele released those things. And I'm going to show you here at the end, wow, what's going to happen? Now, let me share this with you because I thought this was very interesting. 
I got a revelation of God's unconditional love for me years ago when I was in Jamaica on the mission field. I was praying in the banana bushes. Wasn't nowhere else to play, pray, so couldn't pray inside. Your roommate's sleeping, so you had to go somewhere to pray. So right across from my room, there were some banana bushes where they grew bananas. You know, how many used to think banana grew on trees? They don't really grow on trees. They're kind of like bushes. They're like bush trees, but they get about this high or something like that. And it's like, you know, so I would go out there and I'd pray. And I'll never forget, I came back in. And right before I walked in the door, the Lord said to me, he says, Evan, he says, my love for you has nothing to do with anything you will ever do for me. He says, if you never do anything else right, I still love you. He said, as a matter of fact, I love you so much with the same kind of love that the love I got for you now is the same love for you before you got saved. And let me tell you what happened. You know, I was growing up, my parents did a great job in raising us, and so my dad had this duty board, you know. If you go to their house right now, the hole's still in the wall where the duty board was. And so on the duty board, see, he's laughing at me. He's like, the duty board was up there, and so you had your name and what your duties were for each day of the week. And, you know, if you did pretty good, then you got some money at the end of the week and that kind of thing. And so what it did, it produced responsibility for us. But then if you didn't watch it, it would indirectly cause you to be performance-based too. And so the Lord brought that example up to me. He says, I don't need you to perform for me to love you. And it was that day, it said, whom the sun sets free. When I understood how much freedom I had, I stopped, listen, I stopped living for the Lord out of duty. When I realized that I was saved regardless of what I did anymore, when I realized that, I lived saved because I wanted to, not because I had to. And that's the day I receive unconditional love. So here's the first point that I wanted you to write down that I didn't give you. God created us to love ourselves. Here's point number two, real quick. Point number two, we have the capacity to love ourselves. We have the capacity to love ourselves. Now, go to Romans chapter 5 quickly. Go to Romans chapter 5. Romans 5. Go to Romans 5. Romans 5 chapter 3. We have the capacity to love ourselves. In Romans chapter 5 verses 3. It says and not only so. But we glory in tri uh, tribulation also. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. And patience experience. And experience hope. Watch this now verse 5. And hope make it not a shame. Because the love of God has been shed abroad, has been poured out, that's what that word means, has been shed, gushed, and poured out, where? Into our what? Hearts. How? Now, how many of here have been born again of God's Spirit? Let me see your hand. If you've been born again and you know you have. Okay, when you got born again, the Spirit of God came to live on the inside of you. He regenerated you. He now, the image that God had is inside of you. And the Holy Spirit brought, watch this, the ability, the capability for you and I to love because it's been shed. So I have, and you and I have, the ability to love ourselves in a major way. Love is not a feeling. It's a spiritual thing. 
Now, in 1 John chapter 4, just verse 21, just write it down. It says, and this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God loves his brother also. He who loves God loves his brother also. He who loves God loves his brother also. So guess what? In order for me to love my brother, I must love God. But for me to love my brother, I need to love me. So in order for me to love me, I need to love God first. Did you get that? Okay, go over to 1 John 4.21. I don't have the time. Go to 1 John 4.21. I just want to read this because I'll show you the principle here. I'll show you the principle and then I'm going to give you an example and then I'm going to close. 1 John chapter 4 verse 21. It says, And this commandment have we from him, that he who loves God, read it with me, loves his brother. He who loves God loves his what? So how, do, how can I love my brother? What do I have to do? I have to love God. Now, in order for me to love my brother, who else do I need to love? Love myself. So for me to understand and love myself right, who do I need to learn how to love? And that's why knowing God helps you love you more. And when you love you more, let me tell you something, you can love people and it won't bother you. You know, I have a big giving heart. And uh, sometimes people will say, man, people can take advantage of that. I say, no, they can't. You can never take advantage of a giver. Because I didn't give it to you because you wanted it anyway. I gave it to you because I wanted you to have it. Even if your attitude was, I'm going to get this from him, it don't matter because I gave it to you out of my will. So you really didn't take it. I gave... Jesus said, you didn't take my life. I gave it to you. Because when you really understand that you, listen, how you treat me has nothing to do with how I love me. Are you with me? How I see me determines how I love me. Did you remember the video? How I see me, write this down as a take-home statement. How I see me determines how I love me. Now, I have some money right here in my pocket. I have a $20 bill right here. Well, here's a five. Here's a five-dollar bill right here. <laughs> I got a 20 now. Don't be, don't be playing me now. See, I got 20. Why don't we just use a 20 since y'all laughed at me? <laughs> I have a $20 bill right here. How many dollars in this 20? 20, right? You sure? How many would like to have this 20? Good. You can have one, just not this one. Now, the value of this $20 bill has already been predetermined when it was manufactured. Nothing can change the value. Of, I can ball the, the bill up. What do you think it's worth now? I can stomp it on the floor. What do you think it's still worth right now? Listen, I can lose this $20 bill in my car and it's still worth even though I don't know where it is and I don't understand what it is, it's still valued the same. And that's how you are to see yourself because your value doesn't change just because your life has. See, here's the thing. Many of us, because we grew up sin conscious, we remember the wrong things. See, for some reason, we're trained to remember what's important, and that's good. But sin is not important, so why are we remembering it? 
Okay, let me ask you a question. What did you have on on the first day of school when you were in the kindergarten? Now, some of y'all probably who are crazy can remember that. But how many honestly don't remember what you had on? How many don't remember? Okay, you know why? Because it really wasn't valuable to you. How many remember how many lights you went through yesterday? How many remember? Anybody in here? Unless it's your job and they pay you to count the red lights that you go through every day, unless that's your job, you're not counting them because they don't make any sense. It doesn't value you any at all. Well, guess what? Why should you remember some things that you've gone through or that you have done that brings no value? Why do you remember those things? It's because you have deemed them important to you when they ain't important to God. The reason why many of us dwell on things that we have done is because we've made them important. And the scriptures are clear. It says, forget those things which are behind. You say, well, pastor, I can't forget it. No, the word forget don't mean what you think. It means to remove from your mind. It's easy to remove something from your mind. All you got to do is put something else in it. When the devil starts remembering, when your flesh starts saying, you know what, it was your fault that you got divorced and if you wouldn't have done that, he wouldn't have done this and y'all still be together, shut up. <laughs> I have moved on with my life, God, thank you. Listen, okay, see, remembering is supposed to be good. You know, Jesus said, when you pray, if you've sinned against your brother, he says, and you remember that, he says, no, go Get it right with your brother and come back. Now, if I've already gotten it right with my brother, why do I have to remember it? I don't. And many of us, we are remembering things we shouldn't. Watch this now. And I'm closing with this. Forgetting, or I'm going to use a different word. Forgiving is a key issue in loving. See, forgiveness is like Windex to the soul. Forgiveness sprays clean the stench of hurt. See, you can't love until you forgive. It's impossible. So instead of, forgiveness is not one time. You have to walk in forgiveness all the time. And many of us, Things have happened. Dude, I'm, now, this is, y'all know I'm not a, a gay ba- badger at all, right? Y'all know that. And those who struggle with that in our church know that I'm not. But many people who are expressing themselves through an alternative lifestyle like that, the reason they are is because they were hurt by the opposite sex. They were hurt by the opposite sex. And, and the only way to get free from that is to forgive that person. And then watch this now, forgive you. He said, well, even if you didn't have nothing to do with it, how many have done something and you know it hurt somebody and you struggle with it? It's like, oh man, why did I do that? Listen, for, forgive you. And many people's faith don't work. Not because they haven't forgave, forgave other people. It's because they haven't forgave them. So you know what? I'm giving you permission this morning to forgive yourself. There are three things you can do to forgive you. Write them down real quickly. Acknowledge, confess, and release. Acknowledge, confess, and release. Say this with me. Say acknowledge, confess, and release. So I'm going to walk you and I through a prayer 
of forgiving yourself. Because I believe God wants a lot of you in this room to forgive you. I wish I had a mirror so you can just look at yourself while I'm talking. You know what? If you get an opportunity, get the CD in there, and I want you to get in front of a mirror and say this prayer. Close your eyes real quick. Pretend you're in front of a mirror looking at yourself. Say your name. Let's say it real quick. Say your name, Evan. Say, I forgive you for what you've done, where you've messed up your life, where you may have messed up others. I forgive you for all the mistakes you've made. I forgive you for doing things you shouldn't have done. And today, I'm releasing those things. I'm giving them to God. And he said, my sins are removed as far as the east is from the west. And today, I declare I'm free. And whom the Son sets free, I'm free indeed. So today, today, self, I'm saying to you that I walk in perfect love. And perfect love cast out all fear. And I declare in Jesus' name, I will not have to cross this bridge of past issues again. I'm free today. I'm free forever. In Jesus' name, amen. And somebody just clap for the Lord right there. Just thank Him right there. Thank you, Lord. With every head bowed and every eye still closed, if you have not been born again, if you don't even understand what that means,